podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Son, Delhi, Hoibier, ricochets kindly to Bergvine. Oh, what a splendid finish. Top class from Steven Bergvine with one minute to play. Bound by Delhi to Hoibjerg. The clearance went straight to Bergvine, and that was a terrific strike into the bottom corner past Brietto. The goal has finally come with just seconds to go. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well out there. We are back for our second show in the space of 24 hours. We had the good side of Tottenham yesterday. We've come back and we've got a 24-hour refresh to look back at a real tough watch on the eye. Admittedly, maybe it has to be said that Birmingham defended very, very well. Delighted to have back alongside me. I've got Lee McQueen. Lee, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. And uh, I'm really happy to be part of the 450,000th show that we've done in the last 24 hours, Rich. <laughs> it's been quite crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, we're looking forward to getting... Getting it done again, and that is absolutely brilliant. So, uh, hello to all the listeners, and uh, yeah, tough on you, but it was a training session for ninety minutes, and yeah. you know, we, you know, there's a few of the lads that got a good workout. So let's look on, look at it on that from that front. Totally agree. I mean, we always say that, don't we, about these friendlies? I know we try and give analysis after the game, but um, it is a case of look, it's a pre-season friendly. You can't look too far into it. You can only judge, you know, the players and what they've given you over those ninety minutes or lack of ninety minutes. So we'll be interested to see the guys' thoughts. And delighted to have back on this show. It's been a while, but he's back and he's coming back hopefully more regularly. We've got Chris Cowling with us. Chris, how are you? Hello, Rick. Very well. Yes, uh, a win is a win. And, uh, you know, three out of three in this pre-season so far. So it's all looking good. Yeah, it is. I mean, Chris, you timed your return great, really. We're coming back on a, on, a, on a win. You know, some would argue, it was, as I said, tough watch on the eye. But it was Steven Bergvine stunner securing a Spurs win in pre-season in as many days with a 1-0 victory over Championship side Birmingham. Let's be honest about it. Birmingham, they were happy to sit deep. It took Spurs until the 89th minute to finally break that deadlock and undid all of Birmingham's really hard work with an emphatic strike. And as Chris mentions there, Lee, coming around to you first, you know, we've had pre-season results in terms of 3-0 against Ipswich, 4-1 against Reading, just the 1-0, obviously, against Birmingham. Just in that period, only the one goal conceded in three games, which was, let's be honest about it, an unavoidable penalty. Can you ask for much more at the start of pre-season? Is it all purely about just results and gauging where the players are at during this period. It's a little bit old school, isn't it? And you use that terminology, you know, having pre-season friendlies at home in this country against, um, you know, opposition that are also in their pre-season rather than jetting off around the world to Singapore or, you know, to, you know, this World Club Championships or, you know, the Audi Cup or whatever it is, even though we're the holders of that. It's a shame that we didn't get to defend it. Um, but yeah, it does, it does feel a little bit kind of, you know, back old school. Do you, do you get what I mean? So um, I, I thought today was, um, look, you got you take it for what it is. It's a, you know, it's a fitness. We played yesterday. Uh, a lot of the lads played yesterday. I think Jetson played most of the game yesterday. He played all the game today. Um, so, you know, it's about getting kind of minutes in their legs and having a look. And, you know, the reality is, it, it, I, I mean, I'm not lucky enough. Some of the lads, uh, like Chris, I think you do. And I, I know John, Lily White Rose does go down to the training ground uh, sometimes and watches the you know the, the the academy guys train or even sometimes the first team and it felt like that a little bit today you know it was a training session defence versus attack um, and look let's be honest you know game turned around in 24 48 hours 
games uh, that are going to, you'll be playing opposition that are going to sit back and defend and tuck in. That's coming our way in, in the next week, two weeks, three weeks. We've got loads of Europa League games, loads of qualifying games that the youngsters and and, uh, and the senior team are actually going to get involved with as well. And I think it was probably really good preparation for that. Um, I think, you know, when we get into a little bit of the detail about certain players, I think they could have done a lot better. Um, but, you know, when you look at the stats, the possession stats, I think we had 79% possession, 10 attempts, uh, four or five of them on target. Um, and yeah, like I say, is it, uh, you know, let's be honest, a goalkeeper didn't do anything. I don't think they had one shot on target. So you know, from, from that perspective, it was defence versus attack. And in the end, uh, Buggy comes out on top for us. Chris, Jay at Jay Yiniad Ilias says, nothing but wins in pre-season, nothing but wins in the season two. Am I right or am I wrong? But also a point here from Gavin at Gavin Spurs, who says, it's only a friendly and a team who just wanted to defend deep, but we defended as well, and we need to be able to give a few more options up front. A big number nine, and surely number ten are needed. Do you personally agree, Chris? I mean, I've got to say, Chris, I think we're crying out for another striker. I know we say that like a broken record on here, but you do feel we need to bring another body in, surely? We've said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've only said that for four or five years. For the last couple of years, definitely, we definitely need a, a you know a good backup striker to Harry mm. Kane. You know, in recent seasons, he's he's been out injured, and you know, with Hunmin Son out injured at the uh, back end of last season, you know, you realise that you need a player to come in. You got rid of Lorente, we didn't uh, get a replacement in, um, but overall, these three pre-season friendlies so far, you know, we've scored eight goals. Um, you know, it was a, a very tough game today. They were very very organised. Um, but it is like a training session. They are training session. A lot of the youngsters have come in. You know, the season is uh, two weeks away for us now. Uh, Jose Mourinho seems very happy with what he's seen. Um, you know, he's obviously tried a, a number of players out, a number of kids. And Lee was right. You know, we're, we're going to have a lot of games coming up. We're going to be playing lower league opposition in the Carabao Cup, uh, depending on how far we can in that competition. But uh, the Europa League draw as well, uh, which is on Monday. You know, we're going to be playing, you know, a mediocre team, you know, in that competition. So they will feel like uh, pre-season friendlies as well. I've no doubt. Um, it's the Premier League that is the most important. Um, and I'm just hoping that Tottenham do invest, you know, a bit more money and uh, a striker does come along because, you know, all joking aside, uh, you know, we've said it so many times on this um, on this show about a backup striker and it is just an absolute must i know it was a must in january but it's even more of a must now because when you're going into a brand new premier league season you need to feel the confidence if you, one of your strikers harry kane or hunmin son gets out injured um you know you, you need the replacement or even you know just to have a, as a backup on the on the sub bench to, to come on for the last 10 20 minutes you know feeling that confidence that you're going to get a goal yeah i totally agree i mean I Listen, when I see that notion of saying, you know, Harry Kane, who's going to come and play for Tottenham when you've got Kane? I have to emphasise this point that you look at other clubs, you know, there's clubs across Europe that have top strikers, but also supplement them with another quality player. And I think for Tottenham, we have to get this out of our notion that we can't bring in a genuine quality player that wants to come in and challenge Harry Kane. I know, Lee, you've been of the same manager for a long, long time. But just to read some of the questions we've got here, you know, statements as well. Fergus says, fairly simple question. Why won't the ball of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club sign another striker? Zach at Zach8608 says, after watching this, how can anyone think Spurs don't need a striker? Love Sonny, but he is not it. And again, emphasising that point, Son, bless him. Listen, he plays you know, on the left, on the right. Son gives us an incredible goal return. 
but he's not a natural centre forward. And, you know, the Paxton one says, are there any Spurs fans still out there that don't feel like we need another striker? Dan Firmish says again, we need another striker. I was shouting for one today. Do we look for one that plays off the shoulder like a Defoe or to play as an alternative for Kane or a target man similar to like Lorente, as Chris mentioned, or something a bit different like a Berbatov, like a Van der Vaart? Ben Taylor says, what are our key striker targets? We desperately need another option up front. And we've got the broken Gatsby who says, what striker would fit our system best? Suarez, Wilson, Costa. I'll let you, Lee, dig amongst those questions we've had in and statements. Brilliant stuff and excellent questions as well. Thanks for listeners for, for, for bringing them up to us. I mean, I think for, for me, the notion of a backup striker um, is, is, is incorrect as well. Not being rude to Chris, but for me, it's a striker. It's not a backup striker. It is a striker. It is somebody that comes in and says, I'm going to have that number nine shirt. You know, it's free, by the way, so you can have it because you haven't got it anymore. But, you know, you, you know what I mean in terms of in, not shirt numbers, but actually playing in that position. You know, somebody to come in and challenge Kane, somebody that can come and actually play with Harry Kane in a two. But um, Harry Kane can actually drop behind and play probably best number 10 role. Um, at the club if we brought in a genuine number nine um, and somebody that can actually challenge Kane you know, for his place. That, you know, that individual comes in uh, when Harry Kane is being rested, bangs in two goals, all of a sudden, hang on a minute, I can't drop him. You know, that's the sort of competition for places uh, you know, that, that we need in that, in that particular position. So you know, to answer some of the questions directly, you know, Danny Ings, for me, fits the bill absolutely perfectly. He is spot on. He's homegrown. He's English. He's, uh, he's 28 years old. He's got two years left on his Southampton contract. He's he's played at the highest level with Liverpool and it didn't work out with him. He's proven Premier League experience, banged in goals for fun last year. And also what's really impressive when you look at his stats, and I did this a couple of weeks back on, on this very show, when you look at his stats, his running back stats, his, his interceptions, the ability to be able to win the ball back or, you know, aerial duels. We're right up there, right up there. You know, it was like having, you know, that pressing back when Kane was first pressing for us a couple of seasons ago before his ankle injuries. So for me, fits the bill. Um, Raul Jimenez, um, again, fits the bill. Absolutely. It's, oh, you know, we ain't going to ever spend that money. But the point being is that that's what we need to do. That's the conversation that we're having. So Raul Jimenez, um, again, fantastic. 17 Premier League goals. Very, very good. Hold the ball up striker. Um, proven Premier League player. It'd be a bit more difficult. He's three years on his contract. Um, Wolves, and it's quite interesting that we've just raided Wolves and Southampton respectively for the for the other two signings that we've made. So I'm not sure we'd go back there. Diego Costa is a, an interesting one because the guy is just pure shit housery, um, and I'm not sure I, I want somebody like that, you know, playing for my football club. But it's, you know, we've we've already gone down the devil's route because mm-hmm. we've got Jose in. So yeah. you know, the reality is he again in terms of actual forget personality, but in terms of profile of player. He's, he's done it in the Premier League. He's proven in the Premier League. He scored goals for fun in the Premier League. Um, and again, he'd be he'd be fantastic. I like Callum Wilson as well. Again, also done it in the Premier League, proven Premier League. And I think that's where I'm really, really happy at the moment. Really pleased with the business that Tottenham are doing because we're buying players, not only in the positions that we actually need them in, which is a massive tick and something that we really do need, but we're also buying Premier League proven players. People that have done it in the Premier League that are not going to take two weeks, six months, one year to settle into their new world and settle into their new home. Like, like you know, like the Dumbbell is obviously the most obvious one is, uh, uh, to note. So for, for me, there's options out there. It's just how much uh, as a club got ambition to go and get them. Uh, you put a tweet out via Last World on Spurs account earlier today about um, Berbatov, Keane, uh, Benton, Defoe. You know, we had four strikers of that quality 
in our side at one time, yet we've got Harry Kane in 2020. It's mm. just not good enough. We need to go and get striker. And uh, do you know what, uh, listeners? I'll be honest with you. My, my gut feelings, just a gut feeling, I've got inside track yet. Um, I'm not the transfer guy. You, you boys are. Um, but I do think we're going to go and buy one. I, I genuinely do. Mm. I think we will have a striker. So let's not kill anyone yet. No, exactly. I do think we, we yeah. get a striker by the end of uh, before the window shuts. Yeah, Chris. I know you know on the striker point that you have been you know crying out, you know saying Spurs need to go and bring in another striker and. I just wonder, listen, you see Troy Parrott, he's already banging goals in on loan at Millwall. How confident are you, Chris, that we are going to see a striker here before the closing of the window? And for you, how important will it be to actually bring one in before the actual Premier League season kicks off? It has to be. You know, we've said it for a long, long time that we have to have a striker in, whether it's a backup striker or a competition for Harry Kane or even someone better than Harry Kane, if that's possible. Um, You know, Lee... Said there, Danny Ings, um, Jimenez, um, you know, these types of players, proven Premier League experience. And that is where you have to give Jose Mourinho credit so far, because he has gone out and he's gone and got Pierre-Emil Hoybier and Joe Hart, two leaders, two players that have captained, uh, you know, clubs in the Premier League. You know, they're real leaders and they're coming to Tottenham. And when you've listened to the three um, pre-season games so far, when Joe Hart has been involved, all you can hear throughout the whole of the game is Joe Hart. So true. Shouting. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You can hear. Totally true. Um, talk, talking through, you know, the game for everyone, giving everyone confidence. It is fantastic to see. And I must say that Pierre-Emil Hoybier as well, them two, um, you know, on on the pitch at Tottenham, they look like they've been there for years. They look so comfortable. And I love to see that... The, you know, signings come in. They look very, very comfortable already. Um, you know, like Lee said, they, they, they know the Premier League inside out. That's very, very important. And I do think it would be a fantastic signing for Jose Mourinho if we could get a striker that has played in the Premier League and has Premier League experience. But in answer to your question, Rick, it, it is a must. It is an absolute must that Tottenham go out and get a striker. Uh you know, Troy Parrott, he looks a, a fantastic talent for the future and, you know, good luck to him uh, for Millwall this season. Mm. You know, obviously, Jose Mourinho didn't think that he was ready and he's probably right. Um, but it's a must. And, you know, we, we, we do need quite a few signings and it, and it just really does depend on where Jose Mourinho wants to finish next season. Uh, what the board, you know, what 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 is their expectation of Jose Mourinho next season? Is it to bring a trophy in? I doubt it is. I think it's all about the top four. I think it's all about that top four finish to get back into the Champions League. Because when you think back about Maurizio Pochettino, and I'm sorry to bring him up again. No, it's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. Every time the board gave their expectations, it was always top four. And that's probably one of the reasons we didn't ever win a trophy, because it was always focused on the top four. Mm. It's a real tricky one. We, we've had that Very debate. I mean, point. listen, as you know, Chris, mm. you were there the night. Like I say, we had to, you know, discuss his departure, the arrival of Mourinho, and you're totally right. I think again, this summer, depending on the ambition. Listen, I know the club seem very, very close now to getting Matt Doherty over the line from Wolves. He'll be a quality addition, I think. You know, a player there again as Lee again, referred another to, massive Premier player. League experience. Again, you know, sorry, another ma- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Premier exactly. League experience, big player for us. Yep, yeah, you know, seems to have got that kind of mentality that you know, it's, it's a, it's a winning breed that he's after. 
And again, you'd hope to think the club will then turn their focus to a striker. So like Lee says, don't want to kill anyone at the moment, but I do feel, you know, striker-wise, it's really important for Spurs to go and address that 100%, I think, before the season starts, let alone before the window closes. I'd like to think by the time we kick off against Everton, we have got another striker in the squad. But yeah. we'll park that bus. Uh, don't park buses. Bloody hell, he'd be like getting the Jose's. Jose's parked <laughs> enough of them last season, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> No, just quickly to interact on that. I mean, I do think that Dotti is going to be a, a big, big uh, signing for us. You know, again, proven Premier League power, uh, pace, scores goals, uh, you know, right back, right wing back, whatever. I, I think he's perfect, you know. And what's really pleasing is that we are filling the holes with players that we actually need. You know, Liverpool done this a couple of seasons ago and, you know, they got praised off the planet for, for, for doing what they did. They need a goalkeeper, they've got one. They need a centre-back, they've got one. Yeah, they spent like 78 million and we're spending a lot less. But that doesn't mean to say that they're bad players um, just because they're, they're they're less. So if we can get Matt over the line, which I think that we will, I think he's having a medical this weekend, actually. So if we can get him over the line and announce him before the international break, that, that for me, leaves us uh, short of two positions. Now, what's really interesting, I've been banging on about this for a couple of couple of weeks now on, on last Royal on Spurs, left-back and, and a striker. But what I felt today in, in the training session that we watched was creativity. That did change a little bit when we started to bring on the likes of Delhi and Hoiber and, and, uh, um, and also Son and whatever. But I think we lacked creativity today. And I just wanted to throw it back to you boys and see if there's any... Uh, listener questions on this is do, do you think we need another kind of creative attacking Christian Eriksen type player or you know I know Lacelso wasn't playing today and obviously Tungon Dumbele might never play again I don't know what's going on with that you know, and there's a Lamella in there as well so you've got them kind of three plus Deli four creatives but do, do you think we're missing it, it just today felt I know it's a training session right but today felt like to me nothing had changed mm. even through the pot era we've always struggled I, I take you back to the you know the um, the Newcastle game this time last year at home we had 79% possession and we lost one nil, and that was under potch and it just felt a little bit like that we struggled to break teams down look granted we won today because Bergie scored but do, do you see what I'm coming from with? Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I mean, the, the Paxton one asked the question here, are there any Spurs fans that still feel that we, we actually desperately need a playmaker? Chris, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think Lacelso can actually step up and become our Christian Eriksen? Because from what I've seen in Lacelso so far, it doesn't strike me as the kind of player that has got the ability like Eriksen has inevitably done for Spurs over the last kind of four or five years when he was playing really well, to be able to play that eye of a needle ball or that threaded through pass, the assist, the goal ratio he provided. Are you confident the Celso can add that to his game this coming season? I think there's a lot of work there. I think, uh, you know, he's improving you know every time he plays for Tottenham. But when you get rid of a player like Christian Eriksen, it's going to be very, very hard to replace someone of that calibre. Um, you know, this is what I'm saying about how much money has Jose Mourinho got to spend and, you know, where are the targets? You know, who is he targeting for that area? And I'm completely with Lee. I think that we do uh, miss that creativity in, uh, in in these games and particularly the nine remaining games of last season. Um, but ultimately, I don't think that the style of, of, of Jose Mourinho coming to Tottenham, I don't think it's going to be pretty, you know, far from it. It proves today, I know it's a training game, but I think that there's going to be a lot of games in this uh, forthcoming season, like today. It's not going to be pretty, but we're going to grind those results out. We're going to, um, you know, perhaps get that 90th minute goal in a very, very poor, mediocre game that all of us are going to moan about saying this wasn't pretty, uh, the style of football is awful, blah, blah, blah. But he's going to get us over that line. 
what was Jose Mourinho brought in for? He was he was brought in to get us over that line, yep. get us that trophy, and 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 bring something to Tottenham that we haven't had for a long time. You know, dare I say it? We've not had a trophy since two thousand and eight. You know, it's a very very long time, and the trophies are way way overdue. Um, you know, Ricky and I sat in the pub. Um, you know, months months ago, <laughs> over a course of weeks at that point, Chris. Exactly. If Pochettino <laughs> went, who would you who would you bring in? Yeah, Both yeah. of us said Jose Mourinho. We did, yeah, we did. Um, when when you look at some of the, uh, you know, some of the games from last season, you're thinking, oh my god, you know, is this really what we've got in the future? Um, but it's all about grinding results out. And, yeah. and when you see the players that he's brought in so far, or thinking about bringing in, mm. would any of us uh, would we have chosen these players? He's going out. He's got the shopping list now. He knows exactly what they're doing. Like Lee said, you know, Liverpool done it a couple of years ago and we've spoken about it a lot. Liverpool went out, they identified every single area where where they were weak. This is exactly what Mourinho's doing now. Um, the only thing where I feel sorry for managers, in particular um, Jose, is the fact that we've had these three pre-season games and now the players are now going off um, you know, for international duty, which the timing of it's all It's a bloody this, nightmare, isn't it? It's a nightmare, it really isn't it? Absolutely yeah. nightmare. It is a nightmare. Uh, it couldn't be any worse, yeah. could it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, it's the same with everyone, but it is a, it is a great point. It's such a pain in the backside, isn't it, to be able to go and do that just as you're building the momentum towards a season you've got going into national duty. Well, I'm just hoping that there's there's no injuries oh, now, you know, coming back and then go, going into the Everton game, which is absolutely crucial. Mm. Even Mourinho said it after the game today. You know, that, that first game in the Premier League of a brand new season is crucial that you get the three points and get up and running and, and, and get that win. Um, Chris, can I just yeah. say something to you? I must just make, make, this, make this point to you. Have you seen that stat, Chris? I'm sure you have done. You probably mentioned it on your channel that Pierre-Emile Hoiberg has not missed a game in four years. <laughs> 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 Dr. Tottenham, we'll see you now, Chris. <laughs> oh, don't. Chris, just looking at the team today, we saw Joe Hart start over Paolo Gazzaniga despite the former playing more minutes in the latter in the match against Reading. We saw teenagers Dennis Serkin, Harvey White and Jack Clark also play. The only players to actually start both matches are White and Dyer captain the side with Jedson Fernandez getting yet another go in the team in a different position this time. It was great to see no injury picked up by Sissoko. Still no one fourth or Harry Winks after they played last week. What was your thoughts, Chris, on that starting lineup? Well, I think uh, Jose Mourinho has obviously got to use every single player. You know, he said a couple of months ago that everybody in the squad, you know, he's got to use everybody. Um, I think it's very important that he knows everybody's strengths and sees where people can play and what they can do. You know, certainly with the Carabao Cup uh, competition and the, the Europa League. Tottenham have got games coming thick and fast and we are going to need every single uh, player uh, possible in our squad. And, uh, you know, Mourinho's got to trust them. And Mourinho's got to know exactly what they're all about and where they can fit in. And that's probably why Jetson Fernandes is going into, uh, you know, different positions. Because if we do need to uh, fill a spot, then uh, perhaps he's the man. And Lee, coming round to you, it was good to see Harry Kane back on the bench, who has obviously been self-isolating following the government protocols. We also got to see, as we mentioned there, I mean, as Lee... as. As Chris has pointed out, the fact that Fernandez was playing in a variety of positions over these two games. But there's been a lot of players, Lee, you know, in terms of that haven't really featured. The likes of Winks in terms of Tanganga, Lacelso, Sanchez, Ndombele, Rose, one fourth, not part of the squad. And Spurs are becoming really tight lipped on this situation because we do know there was certain concerns over players that were coming into close contact due to COVID 19. We know Tungi Ndombele contracted the virus, which was confirmed by Lakeep on Friday. And we've got a question here, Lee, from 
from Spurs man who says, why wasn't Davinson Sanchez and Lacelso in this lineup? And Jack Evans also asks, why did Kane get absolutely no minutes at all whatsoever? Yes, yeah, a difficult one. I mean, you can only make assumptions um, because we haven't heard the inside track of the club because, like you said, they've been quite tight-lipped on it. But I think that, you know, one would assume, which is always dangerous, of course, but one would assume that Davison and Lacelso um, have maybe got some sort of uh, uh, contracted some sort of um, COVID-19, maybe. I don't know. Or they've got symptoms of COVID-19 and they're just being precautious. It was reported several players have been affected. Uh, obviously, we know Chungon de Balek, is, uh, he's already come out and confirmed that. So maybe Davison and Lacelso have have got that as well, which is which is a shame and a worrying. Hopefully, I wish them all well. Ho- hopefully, they, they recover from it. It's not a nice thing to have, having had it back in March. So, um, it's uh, yeah. Ho- hopefully, they can um, they can recover. Harry Kane, yeah, is, is a bit. I think he he will probably be uh, the person that was driving the fact that he wanted to be there today. Which you know m- maybe Jose said, look, you don't need to be. You're not going to play today. And he's like, no, no, I want to come down. I want to see the lads and whatever. So you know he's he's done that before when he was injured in the uh, in previous games and he's come and, and cheered the, the lads on or whatever. So maybe he just wanted to come down and be part of that kind of. That that uh, that training session that we watched today, um, or the pre-match friendlies and stuff like that. I mean, I, I do have to say, you know, from, from a from a player perspective and how we're preparing for the season, it's very very pleasing to see how you know we've identified them targets. We're bringing them in; they're quite proven. I'm very excited about Hoiberg. I'm very excited about um, uh, Matt Doherty coming uh, Doherty coming in. I'm very excited on the on the prospect that we're going to bring in another striker. Um, you know, and I do think that the the board are going to be backing Jose in them particular ways. Doesn't seem like he seems happy, doesn't he? he? Seems kind of relaxed and happy, and you know, really, you know, get, you know, keen to get going. He's not just stomping around, is it? Saying, oh, you know, I'm not getting the transfer targets that I want this, that, and the other. So, uh, you know, I think that the place is is happy. I think I'm disappointed about Tanganga um, because I think he's going to be an absolute player. I really do. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Um, and it's a shame we haven't seen him at all. Uh, I know he was injured towards the last um, uh, last few weeks of the last season. We didn't see him at all in pre-season either, so that's that's a bit of a shame, especially when he shone so so brightly last pre-season, didn't he? In the, in the Audi Cup, so I'm a bit worried about that. I mean, Danny Rose, Juan Foy, um, I, I think they're I think they're potentially on their way out, so maybe they're working on uh, on on trying to get some deals over the line, uh, you know, to get some players out because that's just as important um, as we've discussed a couple of times on this pod recently and and back in the day. Um, that's just as important as getting some of these players out than it is of getting them, the players in because mm. you don't want to have players hanging around a football club that kind of don't really want to be there because that, that that is not the winning mentality that Jose is trying to create and and actually what we need. So um, I think you know if, if they haven't got a future at a club, they need to they need to be moved on and you know rather than uh, the board holding out or Daniel Levy holding out for an extra one million here or half a million there. Just you know, let's let's just get them off the books and uh, and move on. So I think that probably uh, is uh, um, applicable, if you like, to Danny Rose um, and also to Juan Foy. Although Foy's actually played, didn't he? He played. Was it last week he played? Um, yeah, he did in the yep. friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with Winksy, uh, not at all. I just think maybe he's managing him a little bit. Um, you know, he's he's definitely going to be in his plans, and I think that you know that that midfield four. Um, I think it's going to be uh, them positions in in then kind of midfield for Hoiberg's going to have his his uh, holding midfield uh, place, but I think Lacelso, Delhi, Undumbele, Harry Winks, I think they're going to be you know Sissoko in and out type type thing. I don't think Sissoko will be a firm star every single week anymore. So 
know, there is a bit of congestion in that kind of number seven, number eight type role in, in midfield. And it's a shame that we haven't seen Ndombele or Lo Celso at all in pre-season. No, I agree. But one of the things I think, you know, starting that game, Chris, we actually did start, you know, pressing high up the pitch. You know, we did see a kind of, you know, continuation of what we did see in the game against Reading. But, you know, the first half in general, after that start where we did press, as I mentioned, it just dipped off. I mean, Sirkin, I thought he played OK. Um, Joe Hart, as you mentioned, Chris, right at the top of the show, constantly talking to him as have the Spurs bench. And, you know, we dealt with anything that came his way, Joe Hart. Very comfortable 45 minutes he had. But again, it kind of re-emphasised the point, Chris, you know, that that first half performance, it was real lacklustre, wasn't it? And, you know, we've got a question here from 11 Animal Animals who says, we are still passing sideways and backwards with no input in the final third. We still lack the creativity, which I hope the Celso will fix. If not, this needs addressing pronto. I mean, Chris, was there any kind of takeaways you had from the first half at all? Did you fall asleep? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, um, you know... Today, it wasn't our. It, it's not going to be the eleven that's going to go and play the Everton game. So it's very difficult we, to we bloody to, hope to, not. To, say, to, to comment on the uh, on the players that played today. You know, there's lots of fringe players that there's even players you know that are featured in these free friendlies that, like Lee said, you know, we we could be selling you know before the Premier League season starts. So we're kind of putting them in the shop window and saying you know come 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 and buy them. Um, you know, so Jose can go out and spend. Um, on the on the decisions that we do actually need, but, but you know a lot of the side and backward passes. Yes, I totally agree. But um, you know last week um, and yesterday, I think that you know Tottenham have got that press back. You know we, we you know we've really really missed, and um, you know the urgency and uh, you know the wanting to win and even today grinding the result out. Not happy with uh, you know having a, a nil nil draw you know in a friendly and then getting that last minute winner. So it's all about grinding those results out and, and bringing those players in to do that. Um, you know, there's so many players to to come in now. There's there's good got there's good competition and uh, I do expect a few players still to go out the door and I still expect a few to come in. It's just it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks and couple of months ahead. I totally agree. Well, we are going to go for a very quick break. And when we return, we're going straight into the second half of the game and rounding up and finishing with your questions. Do not go anywhere. We are back after this very, very short break. OK, Jose, pitch side here at the stadium. 1-0 against Birmingham. Oh, look, that was probably everything you want from a pre-season friendly because that was tough, wasn't it? Yeah, it was tough. Uh, Karak is very good. He organises the team uh, very well, of course. Uh, tonight more defensively because we are obviously a better a better team but the team very well organized defensively they compact a lot lots of uh, of pressing on on the low block it was not easy to to go at the same time we played yesterday we changed lots of players um, too many kids at the same at the same time and um, and that takes a little bit of uh, of power but in the last 2025, we were just missing the uh, the goal, and of course Harry not playing, uh, Sonny not playing too. We were a little bit uh, short in there, but we create, we tried. Defensively, we were very strong. Uh, Joe and Dugo, I don't remember one one save. So in the end, is 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 good, and um, it's a pity that now everybody goes away to national teams but um, that's the way it is and for, for many months 
no national team matches. They have also uh, their competitions. We must have empathy with them and understand that um, they are going to take our place away. I guess when you're given a puzzle like that, Birmingham, to, to break through it, to keep a clean sheet and get the winner in the end, that's what you want to see from your team, isn't it? You want to see them break, solve that puzzle. It's the attitude. Uh, even on a friendly, we could just uh, stay okay with with the draw and uh, let it go, but the boys, they deserve uh, the victory because they they trained for that. So it was a training session where in the last 10 minutes was probably our best period of the game. And normally in friendlies, the last 20 minutes is when you just let it go because the result is not important. The result has some importance. Uh, the clean sheet uh, too, the fact that we didn't have uh, injuries, of course, too. And it's just to, to wish and, and to pray for the boys in, in the national team to be back for the, um, the game against Everton without uh, injuries because we don't need that now. So three matches here, eight goals, one conceded to a penalty. Three wins. I know it's it's pre-season, but are you are you are you seeing what you want to see? Yeah, the one that matters, the first one that matters really is is Everton. But again, we play for uh, for results. We try to get results in in these matches, which we did. But more than that was what we could uh, see. And not today because too much was today was too much of a mixture of, of players. But in the first two matches, we start with. Uh, a team of of men, let's say that, and um, trying to put on the pitch things that we are uh, we are training. Of course, we miss players that they couldn't have the preseason with us for different uh, reasons, but um, working really well. And and next week we have one one more match against Watford for the players that are not going to the to the national team. And then Everton is is day one, and then. Uh, Europa League is day two and we have to go for them. OK, pitch over Musa. Musa, first start in pre-season, how do you feel? Yeah, I feel good. I think it was good for me to to start today. Uh, I had, uh, when we came back for, for for the first week, so I had uh, a, a little programme because the last game of the season, so I, had, uh, I felt something on my hamstring, so we didn't want uh, to take uh, any risk. So that's why I couldn't play the first game. And yesterday I had... Uh, I had a few minutes, nearly half time, and uh, today I played a little bit more, 60 minutes. And it was good, good feeling, good to, to be back on the pitch, and uh, good to have some, uh, yeah, something to, to do. And this was a good test today, wasn't it, against a good championship side, well organised, so yeah. you'd, have, you'd have got some good stuff out of this today. Of course, it was a, a good team, uh, very solid at the back, very f physically as well. Uh, but, you know, we tried our best, uh, we wanted to win. That's why you, you can say one was, was pushing until the end because this uh, is our mentality, trying to, to win even if it's a friendly game. And I think it's important to, to win. So we did it at the end and uh, we are quite happy, happy with that. We haven't spoken for a while, Moussa, so let's just ask you how you are, how you're feeling, how you're feeling physically. Oh, I'm fine. Uh, we had a, a good break. Of course, it was three weeks, it was short, but it was better than, than nothing. So we know we had a a strange season last year and it was uh, very long but we were all happy to, to be back and uh, I feel ready to, to play and to, to go again so like I said yesterday I have a, 
a few minutes in the leg today as well. So now I'm going for international break and hopefully come back uh, in a few days and start the, the season on the front foot. It's interesting what you say there about being ready to go again because we all know what happened last season, it was tough. But those last nine games went well and we certainly get the impression in the dressing room that the, the lads are ready to go, they're really re looking forward to this season. Yeah, everyone are excited and everyone's looking forward for, for this new season. So, you know, last year, again, uh, you had uh, a new manager, so, you know, it's never easy to to straight away get uh, what you want. Sometimes it takes time to, to adapt in the, a new style of, of, of play. And uh, I think we, during a few months, so we've been working very hard and we assimilate what uh, the manager asks. And uh, I think during the, the last few games, we, we could see we were better on the pitch. And uh, hopefully this year is going to be a, a great season for, for us. So that's why I say we are excited to, to, to start the league. But before that, we all go for international break. But uh, some players are going to stay here and have uh, another game uh, next week against uh, Watford. So I'm sure they're going to do well. So And uh, when we all come back, we will work again and trying to, to be ready for, for the first game. And because we want to, to start very well this season. And the first game will be a, a good opportunity, opportunity to, to show we are we're going to compete until the end of the season. Well, it's great to see you again. Good luck on with France and we'll, we'll see you back here soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, we're here pitch side with Stevie Bergwijn and Stevie, you've done it again. Another, another great goal here at the stadium. Yeah, it's a nice feeling uh, to score and uh, to be back. I think we played uh, two well games yesterday also. Today uh, we were a, a little bit tired, as you can see, but I think it's normal. But I think we, we played two games, two good games. I mean, we're playing against a champion side to championship side today who are very well drilled defensively they're strong aren't they sometimes it needs something like that just to break through there right at the end doesn't it <laughs> yeah you, uh, you, it was difficult to find spaces but I think the, the second half uh, we were uh, easy on the ball and I think uh, yeah we played good. tell us how you're feeling Stevie because obviously I mean you, you came to the club in January we saw some great things from you are you looking forward to next season yeah, of course. Uh, I'm happy uh, that I can uh, now uh, play a whole uh, pre-season. And, uh, yeah, uh, I have a great feeling here, a great team. So. And are you feeling strong yourself? Because people might forget, but of course, of course you were injured, weren't you? Towards Yeah, yeah. I had an ankle injury, but now I'm feeling 100% good, so yeah, ready to go. Brilliant. So, look, pre-season's gone well so far. The season will soon be here, Steve, won't it? I mean, are you looking forward to that? Yeah, of course. Uh, we want to yeah, to play uh, for uh, Champions League next season and uh, we need the Europa League uh, place now, so yeah, I'm looking forward. Brilliant stuff. Well done today. Thank Great you. winner. Keep it going. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to the second half of The Last Word on Spurs. As we mentioned at the top of the show, our second show in the space of 24 hours. Thank you ever so much for listening to us here on The Last Word on Spurs and for all the positive feedback we've had over this last couple of months. It's been quite incredible. We know we've had a lot, a lot, I say this all the time, a lot of loyal listeners from us at the very start. So thank you ever so much to both our new and recent new listeners for tuning in each and every week. Now, Lee, coming round to you. First half wasn't great, as we mentioned. We saw four subs at half-time. Larice, Davis, Bergvine, all replacing Hart, Dyer, Serkin and White. Davis was playing as a centre-back with Sessignon at left-back. And as we mentioned, Joe Hart really had nothing to do. Hence the case, really, like I say, he had the 45 minutes under his belt. Second half was replaced. But Eric Dyer, Lee, skipper for the day, headed a great chance wide in the opening 15 minutes. And did the same again from a corner. 
just before the half hour mark. Defended well, though, with some dominating headers. Do you think for you, Lee, you'll be comfortable seeing Dyer, you know, as your prime starting centre back next season alongside Alderweireld? Because by all accounts, he's got that new deal. I know he's been linked with another centre back, potentially looking at the likes of Kim Min Jae. And I know there's been some other centre backs mentioned, the one at Milan, Skrinra. What's your thoughts, Lee? Are you comfortable with that Dyer Alderweireld partnership going into this coming season? I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've never seen Skrinra, uh, if I probably decimated his name, I've never seen Skrinra play, right? Um, and the, the, the amount of noise that we've got going, oh, we must sign Skrinra, we must sign Skrinra. I'm thinking, why? Like, he, he's never, he, you know, he's, he's, he's dropped out of favour um, under contact into Milan anyway. Um, and, and, and ultimately, you know, is he, is he really good? Is he brilliant? I mean, they don't show me showreels. You know, I can, I can show you a showreel of me at the weekend, mate. I'll tell you what. Um, that, that made no difference. I just think that, you know, coming back in Premier League proven experience, all that stuff that we talked about before, I'd much rather have somebody's Premier League uh, proven. Uh, to go back to your point about Eric Dyer and Toby, I'm not even sure that he's going to be partnering Toby, if I'm honest. I think that he might end up partnering Davison more so uh, throughout, throughout the season than uh, than than Toby, to, to be fair. But um, the point I wanted to make on Eric Dyer today was that he's definitely got the Tobys about him. I mean, see how many diagonal long ball pings that he was doing. We had a, a poll on here last week, didn't we? Who's who's got a better diagonal ping, Michael Dawson or Toby or Devyweld? Well, hang on a minute, stop putting Eric Dyer in that mix today. He pings so many di- diagonal balls. So, I think that Jose definitely trusts him. Um, I, I think, and that's going to sound stupid. And I do waffle on about this quite a lot, but I, I do really put a lot of things down to attitude. Um, you know, you've got talent and sometimes people have got, um, you know, some talent in them that they play football and it's brilliant. But then if you've got the wrong attitude um, and you could you could look at Ndombele for this, for example, then it doesn't matter how much talent you've got. You know, it's not going to be right. I think what I think we know that there is a good player in Eric Dyer. I think you for 18 months or so, went through an absolute turbulent time with not only injury, but illness and so on and so forth. The guy's ripped to pieces. Um, he's uh, he wants it. He's hungry. And again, that's what I'm saying. His attitude is, I want to be the best. And and actually, that goes a long way. So let's see. Um, I mean, I, I'll be excited. I think he can be a very good player. When you've got people like Rio Ferdinand a couple of seasons ago talking about Eric Dyer as a you know potential England centre back and you know and a leader and all these types of things, uh, you know, and um, you know the, the the qualities that he has shown us in the past. Don't don't forget, don't you know? Don't don't get me wrong. Eric Dyer's not thirty, is he? Uh, Eric Dyer, what, he can only probably be twenty-seven himself, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. So yeah, yeah. you know, uh, you know, he's he's the jury's still out, maybe on that side of things. But I think that he, Jose loves him. So you know, Tottenham fans get used to the fact that he's going to be our our, our kind of key centre back, and to give him also the the captain's armband as well shows. Like Chris said earlier, you know, we've got so many games coming thick and fast. Don't think we realise, you know, was it nine games in 18 days? That's an average uh, game yeah. every two days. Crazy, you know, we're yeah. going to need to use Davidson and Toby and Ben Davies. I mean, Ben Davies played as a proper centre-back today. He didn't play as a, as a left a left back cutting inside, uh, coming inside as a centre-back. He played as a, as a centre-back. So, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of changes around. That's what I'm saying today was a training session. It's really an understanding to see who can Jose trust in them certain positions. And I think Chris at nail on there with Jetson, you know, he's played today, I think he played three different positions in one match. Yesterday he played a different position. The week before he played a different position. So, you know, maybe he's going to be that kind of utility player that he's looked at when we need a body um in in, in somewhere. Um but I think Eric Dyer, look, 
I mean, he should have scored. Let's be brutally honest about it. He, he'd be knowing that. He'd be coming up thinking, damn it, I should have scored that. Uh, from a defensive perspective, didn't really much uh, have much to do. And I liked, I enjoyed his uh, diagonal pings to uh, Serge Aurier, who, by the way, had the most amount of space all game. And, you know, you've got to look at that and think to yourself, you know, if his delivery was better, then maybe we could have changed it. Or... His delivery in some parts was actually very, very good, but there was no one in the box. We had Lucas in the box and come back to the, you know, we need another striker. So, you know, you had about nine or eight or blue shirts in the box and one white shirt in the box. It's kind of like, what's he aiming at here? So, um, you know, I think I think all in all, he done all right, Eric Dyer. Coming over to you, Chris. You know, Hugo Lloris, nothing to really do but shout instructions. The Spurs conceded very few shots on target during this preseason, actually, so far. But Serge Aurier, as Lee's already kind of brought up, you know, he was, you know, down the right flank, defended solid, but there was little quality again in his final ball into the box. Do you think, Chris, you know, has he got his mind elsewhere now? He's been linked with a whole host of moves to the likes of AC Milan, by Leverkusen, clearly wants to get away. Um, listen, don't get me wrong, you know, the, the way he played last season after what happened during his personal life, after the loss of his brother, um, you have to give him an immense amount of respect to continue playing for Tottenham. But clearly, Chris, you know, the guy wants to move. Uh, we're trying to obviously let him go. It all comes down to obviously the money, as it always does. Do you think that'll get done, Chris, before the start of the season? Hopefully, hopefully yes. Um, and, and, I, and I must say, um, you know, we all criticise Serge Aurier, and I must say that since Jose Mourinho took the job back in November, I actually felt that Serge Aurier actually improved under Mourinho, but he still isn't good enough for Tottenham. And uh, I don't think that you know we, we've we've seen and we've heard. Uh, you know, what the journalists have heard in the Amazon documentary in the first three episodes, for him saying that he just doesn't trust him. Um, you know, all joking aside, I don't think a lot of the, the fans trust Serge Aurier. There's no evidence in that player. You know, he's a better attacker than he is defender. And, um, you know, when Jose Mourinho is trying to uh, guide the side not to concede many goals to ultimately win matches, um, you know, Serge Aurier is just not a Tottenham type player and a Jose Mourinho type player. So I'm personally hoping that that deal does get done. Um, obviously, with the uh, the Doherty um, signing as well, hopefully that will be done very soon. Um, but we need the money in. We we need the money in for um, Sergio Aurier, and I'm just hoping that the the board and Daniel Levy uh, don't ruin the opportunity for him to go by yeah. asking too much money for him. Chris, just a question on Aurier. I must ask you: Are you concerned by the fact that you mentioned there he's obviously improved? And listen, don't get me wrong; he's not improved by you know great, great strides in terms of becoming one of the best you know fullbacks in the league. But are you worried by the fact that we are still weakening that area? Bringing in, don't get me wrong, Doherty seems to be a far superior player as a whole package that Spurs are looking for. But would you rather see us actually go and really strengthen at right back rather than letting someone go? Would you rather bring Doherty in to actually? provide Ori with competition or are you comfortable allowing Ori to depart now bringing Doherty in and you look at our right back right back options I mean there's not a huge amount there you know if he's going to look to maybe play Jetson there you know as an alternative I mean are you worried by the fact that we're not really massively strengthening the right back area even if we do go and sign Doherty well, in an ideal world you you'd actually keep Aurier um to have as a backup you know you'd you'd have uh, two two right backs. You'd have two left backs, like we used to do. Um, you know, when you, when you're playing in the Champions League or the Europa League or you know all these other competitions that we're hoping to go far in and win. You know, you need these players and you need backups. There's no there's no point us saying, oh yeah, well Doherty's coming in and Sergio is going out the door. The only reason that we all want Sergio Aurier to go out the door is that the fact that we know that the board have clearly said that um, new signings have got to be funded by players being sold. 
you know, in, a, in an ideal world, you'd keep hold of these players to, to have strength in depth. But I don't think that we're going to be in that position to do that. Lee, coming over to you. Ben Davis played in the centre of the fence with a steady presence alongside the younger Cameron Carter-Vickers. And I mentioned this to actually John the other night when we did, obviously, the show against Reading, that Cameron Carter-Vickers, you know, he's provided some real dominant performances in the last couple of games. But I think what's always kind of let him down is that he's never really had a solid run in the team. I know Luton seemed to be very, very keen to try and re-sign him. Do you see any way, Lee, in which Cameron Carter-Vickers is still a Spurs player after the end? of this transfer window? I don't at all. And you know, he'd be one of the guys that, you know, you probably get maybe a couple of million for him or whatever. And, and he's, you know, he's done well. But I think for, for, like I think I said this on the last pod, you know, for his career, he needs to get a run of games. He's not going to get him at Tottenham. You know, he's not going to get in front of Eric Dyer or Toby Alderweireld. He's not going to get in front of David Sanchez and he's not going to get in front of Jaffa Tanganga. So that means he's fifth choice centre-back and he's just not, he's, I know we've got loads of games coming thick and fast. I just don't, I don't see, you know, when you look at Jaffet, for example, um, you know, he's he's brilliant. He can play brilliantly at centre-back. He, he's already proved that he can play left-back as a, you know, as a fill-in. He did that really well against Liverpool. He's already proved that he can play a right-back as well. You know, I haven't seen Cameron Carter-Vickers play across the back line at all. So he didn't give that versatility side. He isn't left-footed. Um, so he didn't give that left-footed versatility either. Um, you know, that would have been sank in his locker, for example. But you know, for, for the sake of his career as well, um, I also think I, I might be wrong here, but I also think he takes up an overseas spot because he's because um, he's American, isn't he? So um, for, or from the US, That's so you point. know, yeah, I'm not I'm point. not even sure that he takes up a, a homegrown if he counts as homegrown. He might do actually, but but so so the point being is I think for him and for the club, uh, and look, you know, I'm not an asshole uh, for personally, but you know, you've got to be a bit more ruthless and you've got to take you know the reason why I want Sir Joy out of the club is not because. I think he'd be a brilliant backup and, you know, you know, a great, great person to have, you know, if you've got a number one and a number two right back, but he don't want to play for the club. You know, he's, he's every single time the transfer window opens, he, he comes out and says something. The reason why I don't want Danny Rose playing for the club anymore is because it's the exact same reason. You know, and again, it comes back down to attitude. You know, you come in, you've got a Hoiberg, he's like, this is the place I want to be at. This is this is my home already. I can see it. I want to be here. That's the type of attitude that you want. And, and, and I'm, I'm afraid that Serge is never really settled at Tottenham. Um, you know, and, 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 and therefore, you know, for, for me, that's, that's why I agree with Chris. I think we, you know, it'd be brilliant to have two, uh, two right backs in the side. But I think that when, when we've signed, uh, when we sign May and he, he comes in, uh, we'll have a Jaffet Tanganga and or Jetson as a third choice backup. I think that, you know, Jaffet can come and cover as a, as a right back in that side, uh, as well. I think, I think we'd be okay there. I'll be absolutely devastated if we think that Jetson is going to be our kind of our right back saviour. Um, because he's not, <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, so no, that's, totally not gonna, that's not going to work either. So, yeah. you know, I, I think we've, we've, uh, with Cameron Carter, because I don't mean to be rude, but I think it's time for him to move on. I think it's time for Serge Aurier to move on. I think it's time for Danny Rose to move on. I think it's time for Wayne Foyt to, to move on. And it's a bit of a shame as well. But look, you know, on one hand, all, all the people are at him or whatever, Twitter, going, oh, we've got to win trophies, blah, blah, blah. And then on the other hand, it's like, oh, yeah, but it's really nice to see Juan Foyt still in the squad. Well, no, it's not, because he's got a mistake in him every game. And, and you know, the reality is he probably needs to go out on loan again for, you know, for a year himself or be sold. And, you know, like Chris said, we need to raise funds, but it's all it's also this overseas spots and also the homegrown spots. You know, if we can, if we can move on, Gazaniga, because clearly Hart's going to be um, number two. Like you can already see that in Jose said, regardless of what we think, that that's 
that, that's what I think Jose is thinking. So, you know, if we can move on a Gazaniga, uh, that's an overseas spot. If we can move on an Aurier, that's an overseas spot. If we can move on a Foyth, that's an overseas spot. It's also bring some money into the football club, Cameron Carter Viggs as well, Danny Rose. It allows us to to, to move on. You, could, you know, we talked about this 18 months ago, the contract rebels. You can't keep having players on your books that don't want to play for your football club. It's yeah. toxic and it, does, it doesn't work. No, I totally agree. We also saw Ryan Sessingham move to left-back for the second half, defended solidly enough and had another big chance to score within 10 minutes to go, but fired his effort into the side netting. As already mentioned, Jetson moved into a more deeper role for the second half in midfield, suited him more, much tidier performance in the centre of the pitch from Jetson. It'll be interesting to see, as we've mentioned on this show, how Mourinho operates with him in games to come. And we've got many questions in here. Brendan Hollidge says, I'm really excited to see Jetson and what he can bring to us next season. No parrot, no party says, should we buy Jetson? after the loan. Well, I can tell you, I think his buyout clause is about £50 million. I think from what we've seen so far, I'm not sure if Daniel Levy will be looking to bring £50 million out of his sofa very quickly for Jensen Fernandes. I might be wrong come the end of the season, but I can't personally see it. Chris, coming over to you, a couple of players that always seem to divide opinion in Spurs shirts. Sissoko, he got 15 minutes of the second half before being replaced by Hoybier. Another hour under his belt if he didn't particularly catch the eye. And Deli Ali, Chris, a guy I have to ask you about because... On these last couple of shows, many are saying that for Delhi it feels like a defining season for him in a Spurs shirt. I mean, he did provide a link between the midfield and attack when he come on, but it just wasn't up there with his previous two performances in a Spurs shirt. I mean, how big, Chris, for you is this season coming up for Delhi? Is it make or break? I, I think Delhi Ali is a wonderful player. You know, we've all seen um, him at his best, and I think that um, he's still got you know a lot in his locker. Uh, you know, still to come. And, um, yeah, I do think it's a huge season for him. And uh, it's funny how when Jose Mourinho come in and said about, are you Delhi's brother, are you Delhi? And I think that we're going to see Delhi this season. I think that he's going to have a, a terrific season for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club um, ahead. Um, going back to um, Jedson, um, if you're thinking £50 million for a player like that, you know, I've got to say that, uh, months ago, when Manchester United bought the, um, you know, Bruno Fernandez, you know, in my opinion, I think that we got the uh, the bargain bucket Fernandez, and they got the premium, um, and I think that's very fair to say that. And and then going back to um, the right back situation with Serge Aurier, you know, we've had to play him because we got rid of Trippier and we didn't ever replace him. Same as uh, Lorente, we didn't replace him. You know, the, the board have got to realise when we're getting rid of players, you know, whoever the manager is, you need to get replacements. And it's very, very important. On the points of Jack Clark, Lucas Moura, Hummin Son, again, their impact during the game. I know it's only pre-season, but Moura's always a player, Chris, that seems to always divide opinion. Jack Clark, look, a young player that, listen, we hope maybe, potentially might be given a chance under Jose Mourinho. And Hummin Son, you know, he's been great so far this preseason. Didn't have a great game today, maybe dropped off a little bit. I mean, tell us, what's the future going to hold for someone like Jack Clark? Do you think he'll get a loan before the end of this transfer window? It's a weird one. It really is. Um, you know, we haven't seen Jack Clark in his Tottenham shirt before these free pre uh, free uh, preseason friendlies. Um, it's a really weird one. I, I can actually see him going out on loan uh, this season. I don't think Jose Mourinho will trust him, um, you know, to be prime Premier League football. Um, Hun Min Son um, just does what he does best. You know, he, he always seems to be in and around the goals and the action. Uh, fantastic player, one of my favourites. Lucas Moura, um, you know, the, the guy will just run and just give 100% mm. every single game. But Is that enough for you, Chris? I, Is that enough for you? I, I, 
Yeah, no, I know some people say about his, his, his end product. Mm. He should perhaps score more goals. He should perhaps uh, get a lot more assists. You know, I read a, a stat not so long ago that, you know, he had very, very few assists in the amount of games that he's played for Tottenham. So mm. I'm sure that Jose Mourinho will work on his game and, uh, you know, get him to produce more. Yeah, and Pierre Emoy Herbert obviously increased Spurs' tempo when he came on. It was actually his run through the middle that ended with the ball being deflected into Bergvine's path for the winner. And finally, Lee, we did break that deadlock. And for Bergvine, to be fair, probably the best player on that pitch and a goal to show for it. Nice passing, but as we've always mentioned, kind of maybe a lack of conviction in the final third overall from Tottenham. But the most important thing, as we've always said on this show, is winning. So are you happy, Lee, just to kind of get that win and we don't have to gloss over it too much? Bergie played played okay. Um, it was a fantastic finish. Let's, let's be honest. I think when Delhi come on, um, you could see the blue shirts. They were just around him, right? You know, you, you got to go back and you know pause the game or rewind it and see some of the runs that Delhi was making and he, uh, or, or some of the space that he, he got in between the lines and the panic on the on the, on the uh, players in the blue uh, in the blue shirts. And they start surrounding him around. So you know, I think that he starts to drag people out of positions and that uh, that holds up um, that that gives space to other people. Um, but yeah, I think Bergie, I, I, I've loved him for you know he he becomes straight away as soon as he scored against Man City. You know, again, talk about you know overseas players coming in and needing time to settle in. Well, he didn't need any time, did he? He needed what sixty five minutes or whatever. Bang, happy days. Doing a celebration, fits right in. He's got, he's, he can play left foot, right foot. He's got uh, pace as well, and he can finish. He scored some brilliant goals for us already against City, against United, obviously uh, in post lockdown. Uh, scored again today. Um, yeah, he's going to be a player for us for sure. I think. I think. I just want to add something just quickly, if I can. Sorry, Rick, on, on Lucas um, again because he does divide a pin. We all know that he can finish. Blimey, you know it's the, it's the greatest game ever uh, in our um, in our modern history. I not, suppose not for everyone, Lee, but I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, well, I, know, I still love the game. Mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know what I mean. You know, from, from that perspective. But you know, so we know that he can finish. I think the thing is with Lucas and White Divide's opinion is because yes, he runs and yes, he works. He almost reminds of like I always go now. Jose's our manager. I always go back to like who other players that Jose had in the past, and you know, in his previous Chelsea days or whatever. And he reminds me a little bit of um, another Brazilian. I think it was Ramirez. You know, so he's very little and he's quite slight, and he can he can run, but he can travel with the ball, whatever. But he didn't really do anything. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't. He, he hasn't had a bad game. He hasn't had a really good game. But we, he's shown that he can have outstanding games. Manchester United away a couple of seasons ago when he scored two, just ripped him apart. Obviously, the Ajax game. You know, he scored a hat trick against Huddersfield. So you know that he's got something in him. I think. I think part of the problem with Lucas is the same, if you like, as part of the problem with like a Ryan Sessignon that we talked about um, heavily last week is that do they know where they're playing, what their position is? I mean, today Lucas is up top right, for the first half. It just doesn't work, does it? Lucas playing as a, I don't know what you call it, a false nine or an inverted nine or whatever the bloody hell it is. The fact of the matter is he's not a, he's not a one-man up-top type striker, is he? No, he isn't indeed. Just to cut the shout-outs before we look to close the show, this is from Jonathan Webber at JonathanWebber82, who says we have to loan out Sesson Clark. And just to finish up, final question to you boys. This is from Richard Whitehead, MBE. Richard, a regular on the last one on Spurs. Great to have Richard contributing to the listener questions. He says, OK, what's more important for our next signing, creativity or or firepower? I'll ask you both. Lee, what's the next important signing for you after Doherty? Let's say Doherty's done, if we don't mess this up, he doesn't foul the medical. Yeah. Let's just say yeah. Doherty's, we've got him in great, the bag. Great question. What's the most important thing great next? Great question, Richard. 
great question. Uh, 100% for me, it's a striker. 100%. Not a backup striker. Not somebody that's going to come in and just warm the bench. Not one of these people that uh, you know that, that may or may not do it in the Premier League that are 29 years old and playing the second Spanish division or whatever. Somebody that is absolutely going to come in and go, hello, I want that shirt, Harry Kane. And give I'm us gonna, a name, give us, a, give, us, give us one Danny name. Ings, Danny Ings, Danny Ings. I'm okay. telling you now, that is the guy, or Jimenez, right? Okay. There's, two, there's two there. Okay. But they are proven Premier League. That's the next buyer for me. Fine. Chris, final question on the last one on Spurs with you then. Same question to you. What's the more important signing next for you, creativity or firepower? Really easy. I couldn't agree more with Lee. Um, the, the two players named there, we have all spoken about them a number of times. You know, Danny Ings, Jimenez, great Premier League experience. We know that they can score goals. It is definitely about the firepower. And, uh, yeah, definitely um, someone to challenge Harry Kane and, uh, you know, get us the goals. You know, Tottenham and Daniel Levy need to break the bank this summer. Quite literally, Chris, yeah? Break that bank. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Chris, just give us another name. Who, who else would you give Chris out there? Anyone else apart from Ings, Jimenez? Anyone else you'd like to see that like you personally like as a striker? Would you go for Costa? I don't like Costa. I, 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 too I nasty. Don't know what is he it, too nasty? I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. It's because he done that uh, thing you know, to Dembele, wasn't it? I mean, a lot of Spurs fans, they just can't bear it because of how he was with us. But I think that's what we need. We need a nasty streak in Tottenham. Maybe not him, but someone who's going to really cause defenders problems. But if we if we, if we all named one player mm. that has played in the Premier League who you really wouldn't want to sign for your football club, he'd probably be I'm up sorry, there. Mine, yeah, he'd be up there. I just can't stand the guy. I don't know what it is about him. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, nasty, the guy is the most shit player. player. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'll be, I'll be happy with Callum Wilson as well. Like I think Callum Wilson has got sort of a good talent. He's 27 years old. Mm. Scored goals in the Premier England, League. England international as well. International? Yeah, exactly. He had a mixed season last year because mm. Bournemouth were, you know, let's be honest, they were pretty bad. And no, I can't give the credit. I heard this on the TV the other day, but I can't give the credit. It's, it's quite amazing, isn't it, that, you know, the whole of Bournemouth squad went down, yet they're selling players for 40 million here and 50 million there and 30 million there. And you're thinking, how, how's this squad of 300 million gone down? Uh, somebody said that on the TV the other day. And, you know, Callum, you know, they might be holding out for 30 odd million. I don't think he's worth that. I, I, think, I think if we could get Callum Wilson for 20 million quid, uh, and then and then we go and um, address the other uh, areas, in my opinion, left back or, or or an attacking midfielder as well. I think that would be a fantastic buy. But for me, it is Danny Ings or or Raul Jimenez. Go, go and get them. Like, what is stopping what's you stopping going them, and get What's stopping them, Chris? Them? What's stopping them going no, to get no, them? What's stopping them, the, the, the three players there that, that we've mentioned, they are all realistic signings for Spurs. They should be, you know, they? they? should be. 100%. Yeah. I'm mucking about saying about going to break the bank, but mm. these are free players that, um, you know, no disrespect to their clubs, they should be wanting to go and sign for Tottenham Hotspur Football 100% Club. 100% exactly, agree. Exactly. 100%. Like, you know, want to go and sign for a bigger club. You know, someone like Danny Ings, he he should want to come to a club like Spurs. Yeah. And, and once, once that interest is put out there, you know, a player is then going to be swayed and a, a player is want. You know, then gonna to want to join. Yeah, that's why. That's why I, I said. I said. I don't. I don't know if I said it on the pod or I said it in the WhatsApp group. But that's why I knew that the Doherty would sign because because the club had come out and kind of said we want you. You know, that's a Jose way. He didn't talk, uh, uh, you know, about other players or whatever. He just he just subtly come out and sort of leaked it out to sort of say, yeah, we we want you. And and I just knew that that sign would get over the line. I, I think yeah, now yeah. now that sign's come over the line, we're, we're really going to see if Jose's turning his is um, signs to a striker now, signs to a striker. Mm. Let's see if he starts coming out and dripping some names because, you know, 
Jimenez and the whole of the Wolves squad or, or 90% of the Wolves squad has got the, the Portuguese feel to it. And it's got, I know Jimenez is in Portuguese, I'm not saying that, but you know, they've got all of, they share the same agents and all this yeah. sort of stuff. So mm. th- is there something that we can do there? I mean, Doherty just changed his, uh, his, his agent to Mendes, didn't he? Did. he? Yeah, and just, and yeah. Is, that, so, yeah. is that why that got over the line? So, I think that would make you know, it easier. Sit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you see a report coming out in, in uh, um, uh, on social media over the next couple of days that Danny Ings changed his agent to Mendes, you can probably think that he's going to sign for Tottenham. That'd be fantastic. But th- these guys won't break the bank. You know, they're on, they're on decent contracts, right? And they're very good players. So they're not going to be cheap. But, you know, Danny Ings, you could probably go and sign him for 50 million, 45 million, maybe the same with Raul Jimenez. Maybe slightly, the price might vary a little bit. I don't know, it's COVID or whatever. But the key thing for me here is the wages because they're not on shed loads of money then. They're not on 200 grand a week already. Yep. You know, Danny Ings is on like 75 grand a week. So so actually to come at Tottenham, like Chris just said, to do that step up and to get a wage hike, he'd come to Tottenham, it would easily go and get 120 a week or 130 a week at Spurs, you know, based on that side of things. So I think that, you know, when you look at Callum Wilson, I think he's on 60 grand a week. Raul Jimenez is on top of the same. I think he's, I think he might be already on 100. But but the point being, that that's always been in the past, the issue with Tottenham is the wages. But these three players that we're mentioning would be a fantastic addition to Tottenham. It would definitely improve our first uh, our first eleven um, as, as well, and and to push on the squad. And it doesn't break the bank. And all three of them are Premier League proven. So for me, come on, lads. I know you listen to the show. Go and get them. Go and get Danny Ings. Go and get Raul Jimenez. Or go and get Callum Wilson. And don't mess around. Don't mess around. So let somebody else come in as soon as a. A Chelsea or an Arsenal starts sniffing around and it becomes more difficult. You know, everybody's looking at Chelsea at the moment like like they were Liverpool two seasons ago, going, Oh my goodness, they've signed so many amazing players, they're doing this, they're doing it. And and we are thinking that, of course we are, but we've got to put everything into context that you know they sold their best ever player um in the modern era last season for hundred million quid to, to Real Madrid. They didn't spend or the season before they didn't spend the money because they had a um, a transfer ban. So, you know, w- Yes, we've got to put some context around it, but that doesn't stop the fact that they have signed four or five very, very good players. Um, and, and Tottenham have got to go and, go, and, go and get the bank, break the bank, as Chris said, and get striker. Go and get him. Go totally and get him now. Chris, before I let you go, can I, is there any other names you'd want to mention, Chris? I've got to get a name from you. I know you've said Jimenez. I know you've obviously mentioned that you, you don't mind, you know, Wilson. Anyone else there that really grabs you and thinks, God, I'd like to see him at Tottenham? Not really. And uh, as I said, it's, it's all about realistic signings for Spurs. Mm, yeah. And, uh, you know, going along the lines of, you know, Jose Mourinho wants, uh, it's very clear and evident that he wants uh, Premier League proven players. Yeah. You know, so when you think of uh, realistic signings with that experience, it's got to be those two. And then uh, Callum Wilson, who we've been linked with, but Tottenham haven't put any offers in yet. Um, you know, you could go abroad, but we've all seen over the years what's happened there. You know, we do not want someone like another Sergio Rebrov in. We want, you know, a, a proven goal scorer <laughs> in the Premier League. That's exactly what we want. Fantastic. Chris, thank you ever so much for coming back on. We're going to be speaking to you very soon. Thank you. Top man. And Lee McQueen, thank you as always. Yes, mate, of course. And we are back very soon, aren't we? I won't back give it very, away, very soon. Rick, but we, we are back can't give very, it away. Listen, soon. we can't give it away. Some big, big shows coming your way. Guys, thank you always for all of your support. Enjoy the show. And as always, come on, you Spurs. You said that people have perceptions of you. What do they say? The guy never smiles. The guy is ruthless. And what's the truth? The truth is that there is some truth on it. <laughs> Nothing can replace a feeling of playing football at this level. 
the team is the engine of the club. We've got an amazing squad here. Oh, leave it out. <laughs> it's only the second time that I get a job in mid-season. Never seen so much coverage. Twitter, Instagram. A lot of noise, I give one more day off. What happened to us this season is impossible. Podcast Network.